You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. From the depths of pop culture rises a beast of unimaginable obsession to wreak havoc on the podcast of man. This is the Giganticast. <laughs> John. Yes. Mr. John Sitton. Yes. Uh, it's been a it's been a while since you've joined us on the Giganticast in the Giganticast Studios, by which I mean our own homes. Yes. The last time you were on a Giganticast, wasn't that the Power Rangers episodes we did? When was that? Um Oh god. I don't I, <laughs> I know it was an episode with me, you and Morgan. Uh, Wait, were we talking about Gridman? Yes, that was it. We were talking about oh. Gridman. See, I still think about the Power Rangers that uh, episode that you, me, and Amanda did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the long, long ago, in the before four times. Um, yeah. Oh man. Well, uh, I'm glad you're here t- on the show. It's, I'm it's, glad to be been, here. It's been a while since uh, I, I know we've been wanting to. T- we've been talking about doing an episode for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Just things just didn't line up. Now they're lined up, and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Alrighty. Well, great. Well, um, today we're gonna discuss, uh, as I'm sure uh, the listeners are eager to hear, uh, we're going to discuss one of the latest in Mill Creek's Ultraman Blu-ray releases. Yes. Uh, specifically, Ultraman X. Yeah, no, this is this is it's funny cuz uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm not a huge Ultraman guy. Like I I know of the original series or I knew of the original How series. How are we even friends? I well no no um. no, I don't even mean like that in a, a I'm not a fan. I like Ultraman. Let let me get that straight. I like Ultraman. It's right. just I didn't I didn't have a way to watch it uh for the longest time. And then right. Mill Creek started releasing these DVDs or Blu-ray sets and I've been buying them all and then like absorbing them like mad so awesome very good no no that's honestly that that makes me really happy because you are right and i've talked about this a little bit on the show before but the history of ultraman in the united states is very fraught it's very tumultuous yeah um there have been several attempts over the years and aside from the original launch back in the 60s, none of them have really stuck. Um, even uh, the brief run of Ultraman Tiga on Fox Kids, or rather the Fox Box, couldn't, it, it couldn't compete with all the anime coming over. Even though the show apparently had pretty good ratings. I think they are averaged about... Two million per episode. Now, was that um, was that one that was dubbed over, or was that one that where they actually had like an did like a Power Rangers thing where they actually had like English actors that they brought into oh, it? Oh, that's 
that's actually a very interesting subject that I actually do want to talk about before we get into. Oh, okay. Sorry. The actual subject. No, 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 no. It's uh, no. We're gonna talk about it now. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. Gird your loins, young Jonathan. Um. The okay. So uh, there had been multiple attempts to bring Ultraman to the states. Now, when Power Rangers got big in the nineties, Subaraya was actually approached repeatedly. Uh, to uh, by different companies to adapt Ultraman into a Fox Kids Power Ranger style format, and they consistently turn people down because. And I don't, I, I, I don't have this on necessarily good authority, but as I understand it, this is because uh, Superaya and by extension the Japanese entertainment industry held Ultraman to be in very high regard. It's one of those things you don't really fuck with. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, I get that. And, and, and also just watching it, you can kind of tell the the level of, uh, I guess, uh, re- revelry or, you know, like reverence, ha- reverence that the, that, that this, these shows have. Yes. And and that's that's kind of what it is. It's the show with all this reverence to it. And that's not to say the Super Sentai and Kamen Rider and all that don't have any reverence towards them. But it doesn't run as deep as it does for Ultraman. And uh, Subaraya just, they didn't want anybody pulling that Power Rangers nonsense with, uh, with their property. Especially because Ultraman is so intrinsically tied to the identity of Japan. Um... But that's not to say that they didn't try. Uh, they instead took a couple of different swings at it with specifically there was the first one was Ultraman. The Adventure Begins, which was a three part Hanna-Barbera animated um, uh, Ultraman special that aired on American television. I want to say the late 80s, early 90s. It was right around that cusp. Yeah. And uh, that one uh never you know it never went to series it's not a bad um it's not a bad little animated thing did you ever do you know about that did I, you ever see that it's it's one of those things where it's like i have vague recollections of it but i don't it's remember apoc- anything about it it's like apocryphal almost yeah. uh i actually have the recently released japanese blu-ray and since it's an american production it it it, it it's in english so where it's over there, of course, it was called Ultraman USA, which is fantastic. Um, and then uh, there was Ultraman Towards the Future in, I want to say, 93, which was the Australian produced Ultraman series. And that one arguably had some decent success. They only got 13 episodes, but it was an entirely original production. It was made from the ground up to be this multi-ethnic cast um, and it sort of had a little bit of a mature edge to it as well, which I really liked. Um, and of course, Ultraman's alter ego was still a Japanese character, a character of Japanese descent. Um, so, and, and it's really interesting. I, I'm really hoping that Mill Creek puts that one out on Blu-ray because it's so, it's again, such a weird chapter in Ultraman's history. Um, that was the one where they also had the video game for the SNES. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, the one that's bad. Um, and then um, what was also interesting was they made another similar attempt uh, for a show called Ultraman the Ultimate Hero. And that was an entirely American production filmed out in L.A. 
and that never made it to air because it was so bad nobody wanted to carry it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I think it only got released on Laserdisc and then later Blu-ray in Japan um just for posterity beautiful looking monster designs though the same monster designer as shin godzilla oh okay yeah and uh so that was another like kind of a wet thud of an attempt and then i don't think there was uh, although there were there was talks um of possibly when power rangers took off of possibly taking the series ultraman 80 and then uh, filming that with all new um, actors and stuff. But uh, that show was from 1980, and you're talking about taking a show from 1980 and putting it on television in 1993, 1994. Ain't really going to fly. But um, anyway, I've been yammering about the history of Ultraman long enough. Uh, but that... Uh, oh, right. One last thing. <laughs> sure. My apologies. Um, John, you're such a good listener. I am. Um, I try to be. <laughs> I also so, find the stuff interesting. So, you know, it's not it's, uh, it's not me just being kind because I'm the guest on the show. It's also I'm like really <laughs> like, OK, yeah, that sounds cool. You know. Yeah. You no, know, no. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear it. It's just um, so it, it, there was a bit of a dark time in the early 2000s. The mid, I should say mid to late 2000s. For Subaraya, because um, they fell on hard times, and the, they they basically spent too much money on their Ultraman stuff. I mean, they were having episodes that were costing four million dollars per episode, or like a million dollars per episode, which is way more than most Japanese yeah. TV shows spend. On and I will budget. also say I believe it because that is one of the things I will say I've noticed about uh, the all the Ultraman shows is that the uh, quality of them is superior to, like even just when I'm talking like film, film, uh, clear, you know, type of film stock and uh, special mm-hmm. effects and all of that is far superior to any other like tokusatsu, like uh, Kamen Rider or, um, or, or you know, like Sentai or whatever. That I that's interesting to hear you say that because yeah I mean Sentai and Kamen Rider and all that while they're great shows they're not they're not really they don't have lavish budgets as I'm sure we all know and Ultraman by extension you know so much of it has to rely on miniature sets and the monster costumes they they're not you know they tend to be very elaborate um, and there's they also tend to hire like screenwriter like film screenwriters and stuff for these i mean ultraman the return of ultraman has some of the most epic multi-parters i've seen in a tokusatsu show and that shows from the 70s um and then of course now we're coming into what is the new generation or rather the new generation is actually about to wrap up um so in the dark times, which was, again, the mid to late 2000s, I mean, the global economic recession didn't exactly help. Um, but Subaraya specifically fell on hard times because they had spent all this money and on these other shows and weren't having the kind of sales success that they needed in order to really back up these lavish budgets. Um and they pulled out all the stops for Ultraman Mabius, which was the 40th anniversary series um, in 2006, 
but unfortunately they couldn't really save a sinking ship. Um, at about this point, Subaraya got purchased or was sold to TYO, which is this big media conglomerate. Um, TYO couldn't really like they, they, they got Subaraya to make a couple of movies. The movies were modest successes. You know, they definitely weren't no slouches, but they weren't the giant successes they were hoping they'd be. So then eventually Subaraya kind of got uh, sold off to um, Bandai and a pachinko company, as I understand it. It's one of those like giant pachinko companies that like have their hands in a bunch of pots. Okay. Yeah. So um, at a certain point, Subaraya was even filming. They were filming their certain episodes. Like there was a show called Ultra Galaxy that was more focused on the monsters than it was on the Ultraman. That show was so was so conservatively budgeted that they had this filming technique where you could digitally replace the Japanese actors with like Caucasian actors in order to try to sell it internationally. And of course, Weird. nobody picked it up. I know it's really surreal to see. Um, I'll have to find some of that footage because it's like the exact same cuts and the exact same edits, but these like white actors are in the roles. And screaming things like "Go, Gamora!" and stuff—it's friggin' weird. Um, but eventually, in uh, I want to say 2013, um, Superai managed to claw, start clawing their way out of insolvency uh, by uh, making a show called Ultraman Ginga, which just recently got announced on Blu-ray. Yeah, I saw that. And I'm actually yeah, looking forward yeah, yeah. to that one. That one is going to be very interesting to see people's re reactions to because, man, you want to talk low budget. <laughs> There's a scene in one of the episodes where the main actor, he's weirdly kind of standing away from the camera and then he starts running. And apparently that was a miss. That was a miss edit. He was actually, it was, he was on his mark and he was supposed to start, he was supposed to be already running, but because they had such, so little budget, they didn't, they couldn't afford reshoots. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough time, but the show was a success. They did Ultraman Ginga S the second season, which was a higher budget and had Koichi Sakamoto from Power Rangers and Super Sentai come in and do some really kick-ass fight scenes. Um, and then after that was Ultraman X, which is the one we're supposed to be talking about now that yes. I spent 20 minutes talking about. Yes. <laughs> so, John, what are some of your first impressions of Ultraman X? Uh, Ultraman X is, uh, is, is interesting. Like, I... I uh... I kind of like the aspect of it where, uh, you know, it's the the main character's, you know, feelings about the monsters aren't that, hey, these monsters are destroying our city. Let's destroy them and prevent them. You know, let's get them first. And more of like, hey, let's do this thing where we can put them to the, you know, somewhere for protection uh, temporarily. And then once we figure out how us as a, a human society and them as giant monsters can live peacefully together then we mm. will release them and and all live happily but we want everyone to be like i kind of like that like i i really like that aspect mm. of it of it's if it's not it's not oh giant fights to kill the monsters it's more giant 
fights to stop the monsters from destroying everything and then we'll you know we we don't want to kill them we want to we want to help them and and protect them as well like i kind of thought that yeah, was nice we, yeah we want to coexist with them yeah um you're right that's a um uh i really like that aspect too it's it's unfortunate that it never really well i want i mean there's probably gonna the, the try as we might we're probably gonna wind up doing some spoilers for ultraman x in this um i i feel like this series has some of the freshest ideas especially for recent ultraman um because it's sort of it's sort of represented in some ways a return to form but in other ways a real turning point because i mean I, I, the the toyetic angle, you know. Okay, so so that's actually a good jumping off point. Is the um? Yeah, I, I will agree with you. The show is very toyetic. Well, well, trust me. When you see Ginga, you're going to be like, oh, they toned it down for <laughs> X. Um, <laughs> well, for X, they got creative with it, and for but for Ginga, it is like, woof. I mean, holy crap! But uh. So to give everyone sort of the the rundown, uh, as John said, X actually, John, why don't you take us through the basic setup of X and how X functions as a show? Um. Okay. Um. <laughs> Whatever you can remember. <laughs> uh, no. So I mean, it's uh, you you have the the main character who is mm -hmm. trying to. So in this world, there is uh these something some this big uh event happens that causes this giant solar flare uh, and it causes a bunch of things to happen on earth and the most the big things that it does is it uh causes these prehistoric or ancient spark dolls which are essentially the toys of the monsters but uh mm -hmm. they're buried in deep in the earth and it causes them to awaken and then they grow big and and you know because they don't know anything about humans or they don't or whatever they cause havoc and you know, humans are like trying to figure out how to stop them. Um, you know, so that happened. Uh, and then the earth creates an organization. Uh, I forget what the organization's name is. Zio. Uh, Zio. Oh, XIO. That's right. Uh, that yeah. is basically like xenological something organization or something like that. Uh, where they basically. Yeah, it's. Um... Oh, you, do you have that in front of you or something? Uh, it's the Xeno Invasion Outcutters, That's which right. doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, but essentially they're a group that that investigates these and they try to figure out a way to to to, to stop them. And I think uh, for at first their their whole thing is no, we got to destroy them. But at the same time, mm -hmm. there's one person, the main character, uh, whose name I'm also blanking on at the moment, um, Daichi. Daichi. Who is yeah. trying to figure out a way to? Because he doesn't believe the 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 monsters are bad. He believes that they're actually good, and that maybe if they could figure out how to uh, turn us, you know, use this like digital cyber version of the monsters that you know it, that they can work with them to protect the Earth from monsters that are going essentially renegade and destroying everything. Um, and through the course of events, he meets X, uh, Ultraman X. Uh, and uh, they <laughs> they combine to become Ultraman, you know, because the Ultraman X, it turns out, and then I'm all over the place here, so I apologize. No, you're you're good, man. You're actually uh, you're actually really following the through line. Yeah, because Ultraman X was fighting a, an evil creature 
that caused the the solar flare, but when the solar flare yes. happened, it destroyed his body. So he somehow latched onto Daichi, and if Daichi merges with him, then he can have a body again that both that Daichi and him are both creating to or moving using together essentially. Yes. Uh, uh no, you nailed it, man. <laughs> uh, and it, it, I will say it also was weird to me that throughout most of the series, no one knows that Daichi is Ultraman. So it's very much kind of that, you know, secret identity superhero aspect that they do uh, where yeah. the main character is like, oh, I, I got to do something to get out of the to get out of everyone's view field of view. Hold on. And then becomes <laughs> Ultraman, uh, which I thought was kind of they did. They did some fun little uh, they did some fun things with that, I thought. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, well, yeah. One of the advantages is that Daichi is not a combatant, because um, that was the thing that always like that's one of the problems with Ultraman is that um, it's the inherent it's the inherent uh, um, secret identity issue of like why is this person never around while the hero is around, uh, and Ultraman has that problem especially because the the um, the defense teams that they always have or almost always have um, the defense teams are always usually fighting the monsters either on, on foot with their handheld weapons or in their vehicles, like in their jets and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, the budget for replacing downed jets must be like 40% <laughs> of Zio's budget because of how many times their ships get shot down. Um, and so as a result, and especially with other Ultraman shows, the, the the person who is Ultraman will get shot down and then that's how they transform because, oh, they crashed. And oftentimes people just assume they're dead <laughs> until they show up at the end and they're like, oh, hey, you're still alive. Hey, you're good. Um, but with Daichi, the thing I thought was really clever was that he is a very gentle soul. He is actually a not necessarily a pacifist, but he is a scientist. Yeah. He's the, he's a, he's a researcher. So he is a non-combatant. So for him to just disappear from the battlefield, it's not weird, Agreed. you know, yeah. because no one's thinking where's Daichi, you know? Uh, so, uh, that to me, uh, I thought was the smartest move they made, which is unfortunate because, um, some fans of the ultra series really don't like Daichi. Really? And I know it's 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 not fair to be honest. Yeah, He's a perfectly I, serviceable Yeah, I, I and again, maybe it's because I'm not, you know, the, you know, huge into Ultraman and I'm kind of coming into a lot of this not only not only late in the game but also out of order. Like I like my first Ultraman that I actually watched beginning to end and I'm not talking about like the original Ultraman series that got like mm-hmm. like bad dubs over here or whatever. Um, that I saw like sporadic episodes of or watching sporadic episodes of Ultraman Leo on uh, on Shout TV or whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying like full show that I watched beginning first episode all the way to the end was Ultraman Orb, which is oh, a yeah. is a like an anniversary series where it references, you know, all 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 the other Ultraman. And then I kind of skipped back to uh, Ultraman X because it had come out mm-hmm. and you were like, Hey John, you'd really like this show. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll watch it. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I, I don't have the same, like, Oh, this is how an Ultraman is supposed to be 
Um, you know, and I've also gone back and I've watched like all of Ultra Q and then most of the the first Ultraman series. I haven't finished it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but so I don't have that. But I don't have that. Like, oh, he's supposed to be this like tough person. So I mean, Daichi did come off as different because he's not like the other Ultraman that I have seen. Um, mm-hmm. So he is different. I actually kind of liked that. That each one, each even when they're similar, they are a little different. Um, in their personalities and just Daichi's his first again his first thing isn't isn't like okay how do I fight this monster it's okay how do I protect everyone and the monster at the same time and fix it yeah. so that the monster understands that and, you know mind you there are, not... yeah and also mind you there are times where it's like no no this monster's just evil we have to we have to fight it kind of thing like it's not it's not always let's protect the monster every time. It's let's try to protect the monster. Okay, there's nothing we can do. We have to, you know, make a choice here kind of thing. Like, there are those episodes. Right, which is something that I feel like has, if for me, been lost a little bit in recent Ultraman. Because, so, out of the new generation of Ultraman, which goes from Ginga to X to Orb, Jeed, RB, Taiga, and now Zet which is coming out on June 20th. Um, Out of the new generation, X is the one that's most like a classic Ultra series because they have a defense team, they have vehicles, and the defense team is the focus of the show. Uh, Whereas in Orb, if you remember, it was more following this small group of of nerds who are trying to get hits on their YouTube channel and of course guy is the ultraman he's more of a doctor who-esque protagonist where he's very mysterious and he's very attractive and i mean oh man and and that's kind of part of the problem i think is that many um many fans are so enamored with guy that as a result guy um sort of got because orb came after right after x yeah and it was the anniversary series and all that and it sort of overshadowed x because when x was coming out everyone was like oh this is really good and this is a nice return to form but because daichi was sort of a break from the very from the square jawed more heroic or more shonen styled ultraman host character uh, that was something that people started like counting against the show, which again, I think is kind of unfair. And on top of that, X is very episodic. I mean, there are some episodic through lines, some, some broader through lines, but it's a very episodic show as opposed to orb, which is this very like, this leads into this, these leads into this. Yeah. Into and this. that was actually something else I was going to actually bring up is that fact is that, you know, watching orb, it's very much a, this is an ongoing arc that's going on and why even watching, mm. uh, you know, other stuff, but like this was very like episode of the week, monster of the week kind of thing. I think, and it was, you know, uh, it was actually kind of nice about that. Like it, I mean, it was, I will say the weirdest thing about the series is that there's like, uh, four like three or four recap episodes that are just mm-hmm. kind of but they it I, I feel like there's too many recap episodes because it's like once every <laughs> seven episodes um it's and it's something like that and yeah. it's and it's a little like 
jarring because like this when I got to the second recap, I was like, didn't we just have a recap like three or four <laughs> episodes ago? What what? Um, so, well, what you're definitely seeing there is is Superaya's budget being stretched yeah. really thin. Um, yeah, because they were still kind of clawing their budgets back. Yeah, but also this is the the uh, hindsight of you know I'm watching binge watching all of this on on a Blu-ray, whereas people had to watch weekly. So when they got those recap episodes, it probably didn't feel as egregious. Yeah, uh, and that's that was what was so interesting because I watched this simulcast on Crunchyroll when no. it first came out because this was the first this was the first Ultraman that they simulcast on Crunchyroll, and it pretty much dropped like almost immediately after or right around when the episode dropped in Japan. So, um, I remember being at a friend a friend's house in Atlanta uh, when. It would be like an episode had dropped the weekend before, and then the new episode had dropped just that day. We all got together and watched them like back to back, and we were like, "Oh, like it was." We were having a great time. Um, like it was like being at SummerSlam, um, and it was just like the monsters and 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 then all the cool shit was happening. And see, that's that's the thing I do want to point out about X, is that X had this dream team of showrunners, um. The two primary directors for X were uh, Koichi Sakamoto and Kiyotaka Taguchi. Now, Sakamoto, as I had said, really cut his teeth on Power Rangers. Uh, he was the guy who was actually... he. I, I think he started working on Power Rangers in uh, Wild Force as an action director for like American-made and New Zealand-filmed fight scenes. Um... Like, he was the one who really brought, like, this wire kung fu, uh, wire fu kind of aesthetic to Power Rangers. Okay. Um, In fact, I think he was the main director on Forever Red, I think. Um, And that's why Forever Red has such great fight scenes. Um, And then he actually, then he started going back to Japan, and he actually started working on Super Sentai. You know, he worked on Kyoryuger, which became Dino Charge over here. Um, Kyoryuger was sort of his baby in a lot of ways. Uh, and then he also worked, he started working on Ultraman. He actually directed one of the Ultraman movies. He directed Ultra Galaxy Legends, which is the first appearance of Ultraman Zero. Um do you remember which one Zero is? I know they're all kind of interchangeable at a certain point. But, uh, uh, no, I do not. Do you remember the Ultraman who... Oh, there was an er, It was an earlier episode of X, and all, it was the first time another Ultraman showed up, and he was blue and red, and he was able to jump through dimensions. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who that yeah, is now. He's I, kind I've, of a cocky bastard. I, I'll be honest. I've got the, uh, the, the Blu-ray... Uh little uh man a little uh insert uh in front of me and i just pulled it up and i can it it the cool thing to go back to the blu-ray real quick is that the the yeah. set they have a little booklet that has like pictures of each of the ultraman and all that all that other stuff so yeah i can see who i'm looking at who ultraman zero is now yeah zero has really kind of been the face of the franchise for a while he's like the most popular modern ultraman um because he got introduced in that movie that Sakamoto directed, and he's the son of Ultra 7, so he's this legacy character as well, and um, he's just kind of a big deal, so whenever he, and he's my, one of my personal favorite characters in the franchise, he's just, because he's so cocky, but he's also like a genuinely good guy, so he's really fun, so, um, where the hell was I going with this? Uh, Sorry. <laughs> but, 
No, it's okay. It's okay. Um, oh, right. And uh, so Sakamoto came in and uh, was, he directed a couple of episodes that have like, again, these really cool explosive fight scenes and a lot of martial arts stuff. Basically, whenever there was a lot of martial arts happening, that's all Sakamoto. Um, then Taguchi was the, was the secondary director. He's a big effects guy. And he, whenever you see like really creative camera angles or like a camera is like under a monster or you see a lot of shaky cam from like street view, street level view stuff, that's all Taguchi. Ah, okay. And yeah. And Taguchi is like I said, he's really good at, um, creative camera work and really fun effects sequences and compositing and stuff. So, uh, those are the guys. And now Taguchi is of course coming back for the, the upcoming series, Ultraman Zet. And, uh, he is like the main showrunner. I think it's the first time he's been like the boss. Like he kind of runs the whole thing. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm very excited for him. I've, I've been very fortunate that I've gotten to meet him a couple of times and he's a very sweet guy. Um, and uh, that's Matt, Matt humble bragging, you know, old cuck Frank over here, dropping name dropping. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, the internet's I... a weird place. Um, <laughs> um, but something else I wanted to talk about was, uh, oh, so you also, I'm sure you noticed that there were other Ultramen showing up pretty consistently throughout the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And but I'm going to hazard the guess you probably don't know who those Ultramen are. Uh, a lot of them I don't. Um, a few of them I have an idea of who they are. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just from you know having watched Orb and Orb is a anniversary series, so it actually went into a lot of who those people are. I just don't, um, you know, know the specifics of everybody. So no, no, that's fine. Um, the so. What what X was really fun was for somebody like me who uh, I really started watching Ultraman in the early 2000s, uh, kind of when they had a bit of a they were they were trying to shake things up. And so I watched Nexus, Max and Mabius and um, going into Ginga and all that. And to see Max and Nexus both show up in this series was a real treat for people who like those shows because um, Max uh, is, was a, was a big throwback show. And that was one of the first really, really throwback style shows they had. And then Nexus is a, I'd be very curious to see your response to Nexus. I'm sure that Mill Creek's going to put it out on Blu-ray at some point, but Nexus, do you remember the Nexus episode? It was the one, well, again, it's a little bit of a spoiler, but someone on the team becomes an Ultraman. Yeah, 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 yeah. That one, um, yeah. that's actually one of my, one of, uh, actually an episode I really liked from the series. It's, uh, well, you know, spoiler, yes, I will say it is, if I remember correctly, episode 22? Uh, it's pretty late in the show. Yeah, it's like episode 22, Bond Unite is the title of it. That's, I think so. It's something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And, um, but go ahead. I don't yeah. want to cut you off. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, like that's the, it, that, that's, uh, I, so yeah, I remember that, that episode because of, uh, I, I couldn't remember which Ultraman character is in that episode, but that's one of the episodes I really like because it also deals with, uh, I, I really like the episodes where they, they kind of go into the, some of the other characters, like lives outside of XIO, um, Mm-hmm. and uh that one did that but i'm not specifying because for reasons 
don't want to spoil. Well, it, it, a nice little cameo, and you wouldn't know this unless you saw Nexus, but the character who was the the main character in the Ultraman Nexus series has a cameo in that episode. Oh yeah. Uh he is the emergency, he's the dad oh. who saves the little girl. Yeah, he is from he is the main character of the Nexus show. Okay. That's that same actor. Um that episode is absolutely one of my all-time favorite Ultraman episodes. This is just so damn good and they really like they take some different approaches with it. Um and again, Nexus is sort of a Nexus is a, is kind of the black sheep of the Ultra family, um, kind of in some li- very literal ways because Nexus was the attempt at a prime time adult targeted Ultraman show, um, and unfortunately, uh, the broadcaster got cold feet. Uh, aired wanted to give that primetime slot to Gundam Seed Destiny instead, so that this adult targeted Ultraman series got plunked onto Saturday morning. No, and yeah, and it tanked like its ratings were awful, and it sucks because it's an objectively amazing, really well made show. Like, it was that kind of dark, like, like dark, but in a way that that works. For Ultraman, um, I can't wait for them to put that one out on Blu-ray. It's so damn good. Um, but yeah, uh, another a favorite episode of mine from this show was the. Did, did if I say the Godzilla episode, do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, I think I do. The one uh, with Gomez. Yeah. Uh, the uh, if you have the, I don't know if he's in the booklet in front of you or not. Yeah, give me just a. Mo- I mean. The character of Gomez is probably pictured in the book somewhere. Um, well, he looks very Godzilla-esque. He's um, dark gray. He's got these big paws. He's got these red eyes. Yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, it was the episode where the captain was having to reconcile with his estranged daughter. Yes. And, and funny enough, that's actually another one of my favorite episodes of the of the that, series. That, oh. Because I was... I generally like yeah. episodes where they kind of go a little bit left field and kind of hit you with the feels. Yeah, I was legitimately like Morgan and I were screaming at the television when we first saw that episode. We were like, I didn't come here to feel things. And um, yeah, yeah, that episode that hits you in the gut yeah, pretty hard. And because, I'm, again, I'm looking at the book. That's episode 17. It's called A Soldier's Back. Oh yes, absolutely. That's a that's a great one. And that monster, so that monster in that episode, that episode was aired on November 3rd, which is Godzilla Day in Japan. Oh. And the monster Gomez is actually from the first episode of Ultra Q. Yes, that's the that, first Yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember and, that and because he, I remember that costume from Ultra Q going, eh, okay, still still really cool though. Well, that's the thing is that that costume is made out of a Godzilla suit. Yeah. Um, that original costume is 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 Godzilla. They just redecoed it and and added some stuff to it. And I love that they recreated that specific monster for modern Ultraman episodes. And um, and of course, they uh, g- give Gomez a mouth beam, which he never had. Um, they gave him the same stomping sound effects that the original Godzilla had in this new episode. And 
the man that the captain's daughter is going to marry is named Sarazawa. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so it's this the whole thing is a is a big there's a bunch of Godzilla Easter eggs kind of sprinkled throughout it. And um, so that's, you know, in addition to just being a damn good episode, it's like, oh, man, you guys are really tickling the balls here Um, (laughs) in so many words. Uh, But yeah, yeah. Uh, Anything else you wanted to talk about with the show? I mean, like I said, there are are a a handful of episodes that I actually feel like really stand out. Like those two that we mentioned are are kind of big ones, one being... uh, you know, and it's 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 nice, like for me, not having the as far as like for the episode with uh, with Nexus, um, like not having the knowledge of what ne- you know Nexus of that character or anything like that. The episode had enough emotional content that it didn't matter. Like, mm-hmm, n- mm-hmm. like I I I understood what was going on to a degree enough to enjoy it, but the emotional context of everything else going on was really, uh, you know, really good. And I actually like that you know this show does kind of experiment with its formats at times like it kind of did like uh, a big batch of 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 uh you know just standard monster of the week episodes and then kind of just had a batch of like okay we can't really go into the 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 final showdown yet and we can't you know we could continue doing monster of the week but let's let's try to play around with it a little bit is what it kind of felt like and they you know they did the you know the soldiers back episode which had a bunch of godzilla references um you know and then they did uh episode 18 which is feature report 24 hours inside xio which is kind of this weird God, i freaking uh, love that episode yeah and it's it's literally it's so so silly it's about a a news team that's actually following the xio team in their adventure and the only thing you see is what the camera sees so it's a very handheld camera very walking around very found footage almost uh and it's done really well like i even like how they did the transformation for from from daichi uh-huh. to, to ultraman in, in that in that episode it's so it's so great um you know and then they do like episodes where it's like oh a little girl who find you know befriends a monster and it's kind of mm-hmm. all about how everyone hates this monster but the girl this girl's friends with it and trying to, you know, and everyone finding out that the monster's not actually bad. Uh, and then there's just this weird freaking episode called Wataru's Romance, which is about this, <laughs> this like ball that comes down. That's like in love with, uh, with Ultraman. Oh God, I forgot about that one. And that one's a like, wacky it's, one. And it's weird because like, it's uh, like no one remembers it. Uh, mm. But it's like because the reason is because it's I can't remember if it's because of it's like like the monster has this weird thing where something happens and it, it causes people to forget things and then something happens yeah. and it, and people can remember. But then the monster forgets things. And it's it's such a silly episode mm-hmm. that really is just kind of like you watch it and you're just by the end of it. You're like, what just happened? <laughs> what did <laughs> I just watch? So another uh, six degrees of separation here. So that whole episode is also a callback uh, to an episode of that monster is the same species as these creatures that appeared in Ultraman Max. And that episode was very famously directed by uh, Takashi Miike uh, okay. of a- audition fame. And uh, he direct and he, but of course he directed this friggin goofball uh, slapstick comedy episode where Ultraman was trying to fight these monsters but he kept forgetting how to do his moves 
so it's it's uh that that episode is really god i forgot about that episode oh it's so good yeah it's it's like like i said um, and it's it's also kind of funny because these episodes all are happening in the back half of the series so it's like you have like this kind of whole like episode by episode everything's pretty kind of straightforward uh by the book and then there's like the uh a recap episode and then it's kind of like this really like emotional episode followed by kind of a silly episode followed by a mm-hmm. very poignant episode with a message followed by a wacky slapsticky episode followed by this other weird episode that has emotional <laughs> context and then suddenly it's like okay now we're gonna do the ending it's it's like you remember what tv was like how you used to tune into a show and you didn't really know what you were gonna get Sometimes you get a silly episode. Yeah. Sometimes you get a Q. You'd get like a Q episode or you'd get a Riker episode or, you know. Yeah. And and I feel like we've kind of lost a little of that in our modern television landscape. Yeah, now because now everything has I, to lead into the next episode to progress the story. Right. And I feel like it's not strictly necessary. Like, not every show has to do that. And... Uh, although, and, and it's kind of what Ultraman started doing with Orb and Jeed and a little bit with RB, um, uh, Jeed especially is very episodic, uh, not episodic, very, um, lo- that big running thread in Jeed yeah. is, uh, is a, a huge part of that. And that's kind of, but that, that, you know, it's fine. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But, uh, by the time we got around to Taiga, Taiga, uh, which is last year's show, um, Taiga was, how do I put this? Um, Taiga was still a little bit episodic. Okay. It still worked a little bit. And, um, it, it, although it also, but they also had this overarching villain, which is a thing that Ultraman doesn't really do. Like they don't really do overarching villains. Um, until fairly recently. I mean, occasionally throughout the series, they'll, there will be this broader threat that's kind of waiting in the wings, but a recurring villain like juggler in orb, um, or the most recent villain who's Tregier, um, who's like this super sadistic Ultraman, this evil and sadistic fuck boy. Um, he, you know, but but I kind of liked that the villain, the true threat in this show doesn't really reveal itself until like the second to last episode. And it's horrifying. Oh, it totally like, is. You're right. Yeah, it it, 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 that, it totally is, because when it comes out, it's like, holy shit, like this is how are they going to like it legitimately is you're sitting there going, how are they going to to. To, to, beat this to beat this thing like how 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 do we you know how does it go from you know where, what do they do and it's i think it's it's all done very well and it, it and i love the fact that you know obviously like any good storytelling you know uh without saying specifically what's done is they do pull from past episodes that set up things that they do to win the day in the end um yeah without going into specifics because you know don't want to provide spoilers or anything like that but uh, yeah 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 but no i i i I very much like this series i do want to say i i i'm very glad it it is i i do 
think that it's tied up there with Orb. Mind you, I've only seen of the new stuff. I've only seen it and Orb, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I like both mm-hmm. for completely different reasons. Um, but yeah. but yeah. So I mean, no, I, no. I definitely like it a lot, and and all I can say is, uh, you know, the 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 Blu-ray packagings that Mill Creek is doing. Uh, these Blu-ray mm-hmm. sets are 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 freaking great. Oh yeah, I I've. <laughs> I am capitalism's greatest champion because I buy the steel books for the classic series and the regular Blu-ray editions and all of the new stuff. And I've, I've, I will often go to Walmart or whatever. And, and if they have copies of the movies in the single disc sets, I'll buy those. Jesus, and, man. Uh, all the, well, I use those for giveaways oh, on okay. my uh, streaming and stuff, okay. but I, Shut up and leave me alone. Um, <laughs> did you watch the X movie? Yes, yes, I did. Uh, I watched oh, it yeah. uh, subbed, not dubbed, because uh, oh, I. That's right. It came with a dub. Yeah, didn't it, it? well, because apparently it was dubbed at some point. Um, and, right. And I just, I was like, yeah, I thought about it. Run. Yeah, I thought about it, and I was like, Nah, I just, it'd be too weird. I've watched the whole thing subtitled at this point. These voices, I know these voices. I, I can't do dubbed. I'm very curious to go back and watch it dubbed because I really like the X movie. I think it's one of the better Ultraman movies because it's, it's very, it's very simple. It's, it's very simple and straightforward. Um, It's just, it's a monster and it's a super powerful monster. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's got some nice throwbacks and it has some nice cameos and stuff. Uh, The, the mom, the uh, scientist archaeologist mom from the movie she was one of the main characters in the ultraman tiga series oh okay nice and she's also in real life she's the daughter of of hayata the actor from the original ultraman oh okay and in fact she was going to become tiga uh, at some point during the writing process and i think they instead decided to make it the little boy just because it was they thought kids would like that more. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here thinking like, God damn, I just let Reina be an Ultraman. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed it. Um, what's next on your docket for Ultraman? Uh, for Ultraman? I mean, at some point I've already, like I said, I've already completed everything for Orb. So that includes Orb Saga and the movies and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Or Origin Saga. Uh, I figured i was probably going to jump into geed next Mm -hmm. i just haven't gotten around to it um and then i'm still you know and then like i said i've been i've the only thing i haven't bought so far is uh ultraman ace of the original series and that's because when i had the money to buy it i went to amazon and it was said it was not available for sale Um, and then like the next the next you know, the next week it was back available for sale when I didn't have the money. Um, so it was just oh, kind of, of one course. of those things where, like, it's on my list to get. I want it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to some of their uh, the upcoming shows, like uh, the 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 Neo Q Ultra Q. Oh, Neo Ultra Q. Yeah, yeah like that I, show. I I really like Ultra Q. Like I like the the production Good. value of it. Uh, the the episodic you know almost Twilight Zone nature of the series where you mm-hmm. know I just I I really liked it and the fact that you know to hear that they did a more like modernized either reinvention of it or continuation of it or whatever it is yeah, I'm it's interested like a reinvention. you know I'm interested yeah. in that so 
I watched all of Neo Ultra Q on uh, on Toku on Amazon Prime. Okay. And uh, I'm very excited to get it on Blu-ray regardless, though, because it's so damn good. Like, it is shockingly good. That's and, good to hear. Um, yeah. I'm... I. I'm really curious to, you know, see what you think of that. And I'm, I, I'm curious to know what you think of Ace as well. Cause I just start, I haven't, I, Ace is one of the shows that, um, I had not watched because again, as you and I were talking about Ultraman's really hard to get in the States. Um, for a long time, it was almost impossible. And especially the, um, uh, the only fan subbed stuff was the more recent stuff, stuff from the two thousands. And, um, uh, the older stuff was not getting fan subbed. So Ace is, uh, it's the first series to have an overarching nemesis. It's the first series where a woman becomes Ultraman, although it's more of um, a man and a woman, uh, Hokuto and Minami, they put their rings together and they both become Ultraman Ace. Um, And yeah, and it's just, uh, it's just a wacky time and shockingly violent. Um, <laughs> as Ultraman is wont to do. Uh, but anyway, um, well, thank you so much, man, for, for joining me on the show. Oh, of course. Yeah, always a pleasure. Uh, we'll have to do this again, uh, once, you know, once, uh, there's another series, because I think Morgan wants to review Orb with me. Okay. Um, and I know I'm doing some of the classic stuff with Aaron, but that doesn't mean that I can't swap stuff out and uh, get you. Uh, maybe we should do Neo Ultra Q when that comes yeah, out. Yeah, sure. I'm down for it. I'm down to, to looking into that stuff. I mean, like I said, uh, again, you know, I know we're going through the ending here. Uh, but again, <laughs> Mill Creek has kind of gone out of their way to make these not only make these Blu-ray sets worth the price of admission, like the quality of not only the packaging and the discs and the episodes and mm-hmm. everything, but they're priced really well. Especially when you oh, yeah. compare them to other uh, Toku shots, Toku releases um, here in the uh, here in the here in the states uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of lesser quality and of higher price, um, you know. Uh, I, I, I literally, when I saw the price points that these were being released at, I was like, well, I'm just going to buy every single one of them and I'll get around to watching what I watch as I watch it. Cause I'm sure I'll watch all of them eventually. Whereas with other shows, I've only, uh, bought like two or three of them and I've only maybe, wa- you know, I've watched them, but like, I haven't really gone and bought the rest because they're a little pricey. That's, uh, I, I'm really glad to hear that, man. Cause I mean, like I've been saying, this is an amazing time to be. Well, it's not an amazing time, but it's a it's a a, a good time to be an Ultraman fan. Um, you you know, because like I like we've been talking about, this stuff was just not available for the longest time, and it felt like it was never going to be because Superaya was having to constantly fight with uh, Chayo over the yeah. licensing rights, and they couldn't seem to get their shit together when it came to putting stuff out in the states. Um, the if you get a wild hair, go on YouTube and look up the dub for Ultraman Tiga, because it was dubbed for 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 Fox Box. Um, it was dubbed by four kids, okay. so it. Hmm. Your mileage may vary, but let's just say there's a unfortunate amount of fart jokes for an Ultraman show, mm. and yet they're not poorly written fart jokes. Okay. Like, like, 
<laughs> this character is like, you know, hey, you should get some rest. And she's all like, nah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick around and help. And then he goes up to her and says, I should warn you, I just ate beans. And then she just goes, see ya. <laughs> just walks away. <laughs> just the timing of it is really good. But anyway, um it's and then there's a cross-dressing joke that I don't think anyone saw coming. If you get a wild hair, they're on YouTube, or at least some of them are. Um, the dub has the dub for Ultraman Tiga, to my knowledge, has not been archived for posterity. Like if they put out Tiga on Blu-ray, if they're gonna put out, they're gonna have to put out Tiga on Blu-ray at some point. Uh, I don't think it'll include the dub. Um, probably for the that best. being said. Probably for the best. Uh, yeah. So, alrighty. Well, uh, the last thing, one of the last things I will say is that one of the reasons why that final villain is so terrifying is because they based his movements off of a Japanese style of modern dance, which basically involves having your entire upper torso wrapped up, including your arms and your face is covered. And you're just like, stumbling around and your your upper head is driving the rest of your body so you're just kind of flopping around really violently in erratic movements and it's also the that's also the basis of the um faceless armless uh creatures from silent hill from silent hill 2 specifically you know the ones I'm that, talking yeah because that the movement reminded me a lot of the silent hill 2 movement uh character movement yeah they both get their movement from this weird Japanese modern dance. So take from that what you will. Uh, anyway, uh, that's the show. Uh, John, you want to take us out on anything? No, no, we're good. Okay, fine then. I've, I've got nothing. <laughs> you can't find me anywhere else. I'm not anywhere else on the internet. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're not? Well, hopefully you'll come back and uh, be, on, um, be on more gigantic cast. Okay. Okay. I'm down for okay. it. I'm I'm more than willing. <laughs> the way you said it, it was almost like I had threatened you. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Bye. Bye.